Welcome to the RevLab Podcast. I am Taylor Kane, and I'll be co-hosting this podcast with Ethan Salmons. Unfortunately, uh, Mrs. Batman isn't feeling too well today, so she's not going to join us. Um, uh, but I believe we're going to have some pretty good content for you. I'm going to pass it on to Ethan Salmons for the sports. Yeah, so the South Gray Rebels kept their winning ways over these last few games. Starting off with Pawnee Heights last week on Friday, the girls came out with a big win, 71-44, and the boys also won 60-45. And then we had a uh, tough matchup with Spearville where uh, our girls ended up coming out on top 51-35, and the boys won 80-41. And then Substate started. The girls had their first Substate game on Thursday, and they ended up coming out with a huge win. 72-41, so that's a great way to start sub-state for the girls. Yeah, and then uh, JV season's ended as well, right? Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Yes, the JV seasons are over. Uh, I know for sure that the uh, boys, uh, C-team and JV, ended undefeated. The girls only had a JV team this year uh, due to uh, kind of a lack of numbers, I guess you might say, and they ha- they also were very successful I believe they only lost one or two games. So very successful JV season for the girls. Awesome. Well, that'll bring the sports section to a wrap. We'll uh, go on to the interviews. Now on to our first interview with Jamie Helm. Now, Jamie, would you like to do a little bit of an intro for yourself? Sure. Um, I was, I grew up here, um, saw the merger of, I guess, Copeland and Montezuma schools, went through that. Um, from here, I went to the University University of Kansas, where I was at for six years, and then I entered the workforce. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, did you always want to become a pharmacist, um, and kind of when, when did you realize you wanted to become a pharmacist? Well, originally, I'd, I was really into art and I wanted to make money doing it. So I wanted to be an architect. And that was until my junior year of high school. I went to the Gray County Career Fair in Cimarron. And um, my friend had wanted to be a pharmacist. So we you know, signed up for each other's professions, more or less. And uh, I got to listen to Jim Coast, who um, ran Clark Pharmacy in Cimarron for many years. Um, and he was so passionate about the field of pharmacy, and that really influenced me, I think. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, can you, um, you told us kind of a brief overview of, you know, how you got uh, to KU and what you did afterwards. Um, could you maybe describe a little bit more uh, your college experience? Was it, uh, was it a difficult time in college, or um, was it, did you, would you call it easy for yourself, or what was your experience in college? Well, I think I must have had it a lot easier than our freshmen today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and when I got in, um, I, would, I did two years of pre-pharmacy, which was a lot of book work and um, entrance exams to get into pharmacy school. Um, at that point, it dawned on me that everyone's graduating with the same initials at the end of their name. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I loosened up a little bit um, and enjoyed more of the college experience. And um, I think a lot of growth happens outside of the classroom as well. So it, it was a great experience. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and that's kind of really interesting because uh, 
honestly, South Gray has, has quite a few pharmacists and people going into pharmacy from our school. I think right now, I know for sure Emma Jantz is planning on going into pharmacy, so it's kind of cool to get the perspective from somebody who's graduated from South Gray and is currently doing it. Yes, and the, the University of Kansas is fantastic as far as the field of pharmacy. Um, I felt like when I sat for my board exams, I was very well prepared, so it was easy peasy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, could you kind of walk through what a normal day looks like here um, in Montezuma as a pharmacist? Sure. Um, the, at first, you're just trying to catch up, I guess. You're running your basic prescriptions and doing what everyone assumes a pharmacist does, um, the checking, the counting, and things like that. Um, I also have diversified the practice into more of a wellness culture. So I have some weight management appointments in the morning, and I also really try to get immunizations in in the afternoons. Um, I also do a lot of, um, they're called CMRs, comprehensive medical um, reconciliation kind of thing. So we bring patients in that um, may be having some trouble remembering to take their medications or why they're taking them, um, having some side effects or something like that. And we go through each one of them um, and try to work out the problems. And sometimes that can be a result of the medication. Sometimes that could be financially affording it. So it really varies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what what would you describe as the most difficult part of your job? I would say the human resources aspect. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> hiring and firing is never a fun part. Oh, um, yeah. Another big challenge for me is the um, marketing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm more science and math oriented, and I've taken on the business side um, very readily, but advertising and being creative are not something that comes naturally to me. So that's been a real challenge. That's very interesting because you guys at the Montezuma Drugstore, they actually have like, it's a lot more than just a pharmacy. You guys had the pharmacy side, but you guys, you guys do a lot of other things other than just pharmacy. So going to school to become a pharmacist, did it take you kind of a little bit to adjust to learning the other parts of running Montezuma Drugstore? That um, was actually instilled in me very young. I remember going to the drugstore and seeing my grandpa Howard there with the boys having their coffee. And and we would go in there for limeades all the time. And so I wanted that culture to remain when I took over the drugstore and really made that a focal point, I feel like, in there. So um, I wanted to keep that. But Tom had so many other things in place. I mean, hunting licenses, dry cleaning. He, I mean, there was all kinds of things in there. And we've kept some and, and kind of refined the services. We've added services. Um, it's interesting in today's market how diversified you really have to be to be successful. And um, pharmacies everywhere are finding that out because just reimbursements from drug plants just aren't there. So oh, you yeah. have to f- be creative in ways to um, keep doors open and keep servicing your public. So did you design all the interior for that uh, drugstore yourself? Because always when you go in, you get the vibe of like a brand new, like uh, pharmacy, like in the sixties or something like that. And it's a really cool vibe when you go in there. We did want to maintain some of the vintage appeal 
of the pharmacy with the tin ceilings and, of course, the fountain. Um, but no, that again, that creative genius came oh. from <laughs> building solutions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so big shout out to them. Yeah, awesome. Really cool. So uh, what brought you back to Montezuma? Um, well, I, of course, have family here, and that's probably the biggest thing. Um, they say it, it takes a village to raise a family. There is truth to that <laughs> because uh, I wanted my kids to be around my family, and so just it was that time. Um, life happens, and things shake up, and it's it's nice to be able to come home, and Tom was in a place where he was ready to move on, and so it just kind of happened. Yeah. And I'm sure it feels pretty special being able to hire some of the, employ some of the local, you know, populace around here. Right. You kind of feel like you have a, a stamp on the future. Yeah. In a way, um, <laughs> you're establishing some legacy. And I think that is really nice to, to be able to do. And also just to, um, I don't know, mold a young mind, I guess. Yeah. You no. never know. <laughs> and like you say, like kind of stamp the future. That's a really great point because when... People from South Gray see that you went to school, became a pharmacist, and were able to come back. It's kind of just inspiring to see because that means we can do it too. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. kind of cool to see. Um, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of opportunity out there. I spent 10 years in Wichita um, working hospital, and then I went to Iola and did more nursing home, hospital, retail combination. Um, and I just think all of those experiences that are out there – take them and because you never know when they're going to funnel into what you're currently doing and that's what's happened here is I've been able to put all of that together and um, brought something really special I think to Montezuma. Awesome. Yeah, sure. So um, what are the qualities you look for when hiring uh, people? Um, like I said that is probably the most difficult part of my job is, <laughs> is that part. Um, I would say for us we are really aware of attitudes and um, we don't like a lot of drama. We have, <laughs> we, um, you know, our situation, the type of people that we deal with, they're, they're sick. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> and, and you have to have a special kind of person that uh, knows how to interact with those people and um, just keep things positive and upbeat. And I really look for that. I look for somebody that's a self-starter, that I don't have to guide every step of the way. I've got a lot of things to do. So um, I kind of like someone that will take it by the ropes and, and go for it um, that will give me input. I don't know every minute little detail of every role. If they have something to contribute, I want to hear it. So don't be afraid to, to uh, give input. Yeah. Um, be heard. Um, and then someone that can just handle conflict, I guess, is a big deal. Um, be respectful and kind to everyone you meet. That's a no-brainer, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would definitely say you've accomplished that with the hires you've made just because every time you go in there, it is kind of upbeat. Everybody's kind of high energy, social. You can go in there and kind of have a conversation with the employees and stuff. So Yes, thank you. I think I have. I think yeah. I've got a really winning team, mm -hmm. for sure. And you managed to keep the same coffee crowd that you were describing <laughs> when you were a kid. There's con there's consistently normals in there. There you are. Know. Yes, we, um, we have very much some regulars. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, what's what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? Um, I guess the emphasis that just experience would have. Um, 
I would say when I was younger and, and coming up through high school, I was very academically oriented and it is so much more than that. It is every relationship you meet is an opportunity to network. You never know um, what person could have insight into something you're going to face later or even offer you a job opportunity. I mean, I've relocated with no job and been able to find a job just by knowing who you know. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing once you get into a field how that networking process works um, and don't discount any interaction or anything like that. Always use it as an opportunity to make a good impression. Yeah, that's definitely something our school has kind of been pushing on us is to make connections because sometimes it's not as much as what you know as it is about who you know. Mm -hmm. So they've really been pushing And you don't have to know everything. Yeah. I mean, in fact, someone that says to me, I don't know, I'll find out, is honestly a more genuine person than someone that knows everything all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So... Or comes up with with just an answer just so they can... Right. Even if it's not right. Like It's better. I'd rather have somebody I'll take the time to make sure they got it right than... Just make up something that might not be right. Yes, be genuine with Mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah, so that essentially answered my next question, which was what advice would you give someone going into that career? I I would assume networking, just like you were talking about, would be a huge part of that. Absolutely. Diversify yourself. Don't don't, um, just get all wrapped up in the books and and test scores and things. Um, Volunteer. Get involved civically. Um, Make a stamp on something. Stand for something. So going back to the uh, um, the whole college scene, did you? Uh, how did you manage stress? Because I would imagine there's you had a lot of that with the major you were pursuing, and your classmates had a lot of that as well. Was there anything in particular you did? Did you? Well, I'm a um, very very much a goal person. I live by my planner. In fact, I have two of them. <laughs> um, I. I set goals for myself every day, every month. I set five-year goals, you know, um, and having that time management was huge. I learned early in high school, taking college classes throughout high school, that time management was going to be big, and it really does play a major role in college. And just staying on top of all those assignments and um, stress, I never really understood until I got to Montezuma Drug. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. Yeah. That's when I really learned about stress. Um, and it's kind of taken um, my passion, I guess, to a new level because I would say I'm really into preventative health and um, overall just the health culture. And um, I never really thought of stress as being part of that health culture but it really is and so now it's taken that focus and expanded it even more and so now I'm looking at sleep studies and meditation and how all that actually impacts a person's overall health and I think it makes me a better practitioner yeah Yeah. definitely because I don't don't think people realize how much you are dealing with the patients I didn't realize that until you talked about that in the interview about some like the weight stuff and things like that that's stuff that I guess the normal person that just goes in for their medications doesn't really get to see, but that's kind of an interesting part 
to pharmacy, I guess. Yes. Um, a lot of people are under the impression that we just count by fives. And it's evolved <laughs> a lot more beyond that. And, uh, of course, now you, you see pharmacy on the forefront with the coronavirus vaccine and, yeah. and uh, testing and things like that. So we've really, um, especially in the state of Kansas and other places, it's starting to advance and broaden as to what we're allowed to do and what we can bill for and things like that. So it's, it's really an evolving um, pra- profession. Mm-hmm. So. so once the, uh, once the pandemic hit, how did your, uh, cause I assume your responsibilities expanded quite a bit once that hit, how did, how did working at the pharmacy change? Well, um, of course, as a essential quote unquote, um, <laughs> person, we were, um, open this whole time and people, have needs that don't stop just because there's a pandemic. So uh, we had to, of course, put a bunch of safeguards in place, um, kind of rethink how our service and um, distribution would work as far as um, increasing delivery services, um, just any transaction with the patient, especially when their front end was closed. And like I said, you have, you're talking about diversifying services and things like that. And no one's coming in your store. (laughs) How do you stay open? So uh, really thinking outside of the box became critical. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. So uh, now onto just a little bit of a different question. Um, Did you have any role models growing up? I would say just my parents. I mean, I, I worked in a, or I grew up in a home that had two working parents full time and basically it was work hard, play hard. And that's my (laughs) philosophy today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep that balance. (laughs) Um, did you have any other questions? I don't think I really had anything else to add. And do you have anything else? Like, is there anything going on the drugstore that you kind of like to tell people about, or do you guys not have? Well, like we're still eagerly awaiting our shipment of vaccine and then we'll be, um, calling people to set up appointments and getting people vaccinated as quickly as we can um, to help get us past this pandemic. Um, I also would like to make a shout out, if that's okay, yeah, um, to fellow South Gray alum, class of 98, Natasha Nightingale. She is having a birthday today. So happy oh, birthday. Okay. Yes. Happy birthday. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Jamie. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right, now it is time for our next interview with Mr. Owen Moen Reed. So, Owen, I guess I'm going to start you off with a question, and that question is, how does it feel to be the second favorite child behind Allie? Well, at least I'm higher than Ethan. (laughs) All right, that is probably true. Actually, we are just kidding. Owen comes from a great family. It's awesome. All right. So now to Kane. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just start in on the first question we had for you, Owen. Um, so what do you want to be when you grow up? A farmer. Okay, and you, you're kind of involved with your farm right now, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I don't get to do that much big stuff, but I do a lot of little stuff around the, uh, around the shed. So what's your favorite thing to do on the farm? Probably drive a grain cart or work on stuff in the shed. Nice. So have you gotten any kind of accidents or have you done anything bad on the farm? Well, I almost destroyed a truck once when I was driving a grain cart. 
but I just put a few little cracks in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. A few little cracks never hurt anybody. Yep. Um, what would you say your favorite class is in school? P.E. Okay. What's your favorite game on Fun Friday? Probably Dungeon Master or Dodgeball. Nice, nice. Those were my favorite as well. So what are you guys doing in P.E. currently? We're bowling right now, and on Wednesday next week, we're going to go to Sublette to bowl in a real bowling alley. Nice. So how would you describe your bowling skills? Are you a good bowler, a bad bowler, somewhere in the middle? I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Some days I'm horrible. I am all like so lately in PE, I am the PE aide for some of those who don't know that. And so I've been bowling with the kids lately. And honestly, these kids are way better than me. They'll be getting strikes and be doing good. And I'm literally over here rolling gutter balls. It is the most embarrassing thing. So, yeah, that's just a little bit of insight on PE currently. Were you good at roller skating? I wasn't the best, but I wasn't the worst. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Owen, Owen, was, Owen was pretty good. I'll, I'll have to give him to him. He's pretty good. So, Selman, so you, what classes do you aid for Mr. Blattner in? Just elementary PE. Oh, okay. Um, so what would you say your favorite things to do are? Um, like sport, maybe favorite sports, favorite things to do at home? Uh, definitely my favorite sport is football because you get to – tackle people oh yeah and hurt people sometimes <laughs> oh man <laughs> he's a little violent yeah and when i have it's cold outside i like watching farm farm youtube videos farmers oh yeah so what are some youtubers that you watch i watch millennial farmer and walker farms and sometimes cold the corn star so have you ever thought about maybe like starting up your own youtube channel and kind of going around reed farms well i kind of wanted to but probably kind of too young for that yeah maybe but i bet you'd be good at it maybe maybe someday you can get that started up yeah i want to so you're uh you're in fifth grade right now are you nervous about junior high yeah i kind of am yeah Yeah. excited probably though at the same time it's a big adjustment but it'll be a fun adjustment and so currently right now you guys are uh, in the middle of a rec basketball season, is that correct? Yes. So uh, how has your guys' team been doing so far? We've lost one game against probably the best team in the league. Who it, is that? It's Mead. Oh, okay. Mead. So uh, will you guys be having a tournament or any games coming up? Uh, this Saturday we're playing at Cimarron. In Cimarron? Yeah, so hopefully you guys can keep getting some more wins. Yeah, they're pretty good too. They're pretty good. Who is your Who is your coach? Um, my dad. Oh, okay. Ryan Reed is a generational basketball coach. He's coached rec basketball forever because he coached he coached me and Ethan all the way up or our grade, me, Ethan, Aaron, my class, all the way up when we were in grade school, and then we were done. He coached Allie, I believe, all the way up through grade school, mm-hmm. and now he's coaching uh 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 Owen and his team in grade school. So, I mean, some might call him the Mark Applegate of rec basketball coaching. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, Owen, what is the top speed you have reached on your mower? <laughs> well, I really don't know. It doesn't have a thermometer on. Oh, yeah. 
It probably feels like 15. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I saw you speeding out in in your front lawn there on your mower, and I was, yeah. I had that question uh, go through my mind the other day. Um, so uh, is there anything you would like to talk about uh, that you haven't told us already? Um, I really don't. I'm pretty sure Owen had a question for you, Taylor. Oh, yeah. When was the last time you mowed your lawn? <laughs> I, that you got me there Owen. i do not mow my lawn well we may have to hire you sometime <laughs> so so Owen, would you say it's how well you mow or is it how fast you mow or is it how well you mow fast it's probably how fast i mow how fast you mow <laughs> all right because you're a big you're a big john deere guy right oh yeah and so that's the that's the john deere mowing commercial right there it's about how well you mow fast, and Owen definitely knows how to mow fast. You betcha. <laughs> Is there anyone you'd like to shout out? No. Friends, family? Oh, yeah. My sister really wanted me to shout her out, so. Oh, okay. Allie Reed, <laughs> she's my sister, and my class, probably, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I think we can call that, unless you had any more questions, Ethan. No, I don't have anything else to add. It was a great interview. Yep, I think we can call this a wrap. Yep, thank Thanks you for coming. Someone. All right, now it is time for our final interview of the day, and it was, it is going to be with Mr. Michael Gagos. Yeah, so we've been wanting to interview Michael for quite some time now, and I also want to say... Uh, we brought on Aaron Skidmore for this last interview on the podcast, um, just kind of uh, last minute. Wanted to see if he has anything to say on, in this Michael interview. But, yeah, I'll ju- jump into the first question. So, Michael, when did you come to South Gray? I came here my freshman year in uh, 2018, I think. Okay. So you went uh, – you lived in a – variety of places before that could you kind of walk us through where you lived before you came to montezuma yeah so uh as soon as my dad joined the army we were shipped out to uh, north carolina where we stayed about three years there then after that we were sent to alaska we spent a couple years there in alaska then after that we were sent off to colorado then we stayed in colorado for most of my dad's service and after that we just kind of came out here out to kansas Awesome. Did you like Alaska? Oh, geez. So many things to tell you about Alaska. <laughs> Where did you live in Alaska? Uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so everyone, everyone knows you kind of for your love of running. How did you get that, and when, w- when, did you, when would you say that you got that love for running? Well, I went out for cross country my junior year, I think. And, uh, you know, I had a pretty average year, but when I got – fifth in league that's when I realized I think if I had more practice and if I you know dedicated myself to it if I could really be at that next level and uh that's that's why I would say my love for it really started and so like a lot of people uh you've you've improved a ton and a lot of people have been able to see that so you just kind of want to talk to us a little bit about the improvements you've had in cross country yeah uh, first off I appreciate you for saying that you know it means a lot but yeah, so going into basketball season last year, I was like, I'm just going to take it off and just focus on, you know, building my endurance and making sure my endurance is there so I could run faster come track season. But then track season was canceled because of COVID. 
And at that time, I actually was going through a uh, injury of myself. So I had to get through that. And as soon as I got through that injury, uh, at the end of May, that's when I started practicing uh, for cross country. So in cross country from last year, which would have been your first year running, correct? Yes, sir. To this year, how much faster was your times? Uh, I improved by about two minutes. Um, I, I don't think I was where I needed to be during the end of that season, but I think I found out what I did wrong, and I just plan on expanding for that for track season. Yeah, but a two-minute improvement, yeah, that's pretty thats pretty insane. That's really good. So uh, how many riles, miles do you typically run on a consistent basis? Well, during the school week, uh, through Monday through Fridays, I'm running six to eight miles a day. And then on Saturdays and Sundays, I have myself a longer run of 10 to 12 miles. So I... Uh, could you talk to us a little bit about uh, St. Mary's? Uh, talk about why uh, you decided to sign with them and uh, what you'll be doing there. Yeah, so a, a former uh, South Gray alumni, Luke Skinner, uh, chose to go run at St. Mary's. And really, Luke and I kind of have the same genetic build, kind of same uh, mindset when it comes to running, too. And I saw how well he blossom going into college you know he's a soft he was just a sophomore and won the national championship and he's still breaking all these good times so I was just like well I just want to go on a college visit and see what the coach has to say and all that and the coach was a super nice guy and I just found out that my philosophy was around this is about the same as his and while I'm there I plan on uh, studying political science and then maybe afterwards get my law degree that'd be awesome yeah yeah so how did you uh, how did you end up choosing political science? Is that something that's always fascinated you? Yeah, and my mom got her degree in political in political science, and then she went to go get her uh, law degree in that. So I figured kind of go down the same mind, kind of go down the same road as she did. But if I want to become a college coach, if I decide to, then I think that, you know. Yeah, you got a lot of opportunities. Exactly. Uh, so, uh. Back kind of to track and everything, track practice starts on Monday, which for you is probably really exciting because this will be your first ever track season, won't it? Yes, it will, and that's kind of hard to believe. I know, especially for how good of a runner you are. Um, so uh, what can we anticipate from you this track season? Like what events will you be doing and stuff like that? Well, I'll be focusing on the 800 mile and the 2 mile and – Hopefully I can get a taste of the 4x4, but I just can't wait to just get out there and, and just be in the team atmosphere because, you know, I got to see you guys be around in football, and I see you guys play out there on the basketball course, but I'm most excited for is just to be in that team atmosphere with you guys and just keep on following in the same footsteps as you guys are in basketball season right now. So that kind of brings me to my next question. Do you have any specific goals for this upcoming track season? Just seeing what I can do at state, hopefully come home with some top three placings and maybe a couple school records. Yeah, that'd be awesome for sure. So uh, have you enjoyed assisting the basketball team this year? Absolutely. You know, sometimes it, it's a little too much basketball, but I, I just love seeing these guys do good and, and just can't wait to see how the season wraps up for them. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for all your help you do for our basketball team. That's much appreciated. So uh, have you had any uh, role models growing up that have influenced you? Uh, my dad, you know, just seeing how much work he, he put in. Um, and then 
Luke Skinner too, because just seeing it's just I th- I just find it so fascinating on how there's someone who's just so successful at that level who came from here. So I think it's inspirational for me, being in a small town, knowing that I can hopefully make it to the national stage like he did one day. Yeah, and you you talk quite a bit about Luke and everything. So. Do you have a pretty good relationship with Luke? Like, do you talk to him about running? Do you ever train with him or anything like that? Yeah, so a couple of times when he's around town, which isn't often because, you know, Leavenworth is just so far away. But we do get in a couple of uh, workouts when he's home. And really going into the off season, me and him were in constant contact with each other, making sure I was doing the right moves because, you know, I just don't want to end my senior season on a bad note. And I think Luke has really helped me being that good uh, – training method that I'm in right now. So uh, another thing you have actually um, excelled in is uh, forensics. Uh, Would you like to talk just a little bit about what events you do? Yeah, so uh, this year I'm doing the uh, extemporaneous informative, which Taylor Kane also does, and he's a pretty good guy to uh, get my stuff from and my tactics from. And then in my other two events, I think I just do impromptu, and that's about it. Then last year, I qualified for state in the last meet before the season was canceled, so we didn't really get to have that state experience last year. Yeah. I guess this year, too. Yeah, and so obviously, as you can tell, uh, Michael Gagos is a very involved student at South Gray High School, and so that probably uh, led him to winning the, uh, obviously, Stuco presidential role. So he is our Stuco president here at South Gray High School. So do you just kind of want to talk about some of the things that you've done since being the president at South Korea High School? Yeah, well, I mean, I honestly can't take a lot of the credit. Um, my vice president, uh, Skidmore, has done really good. You know, uh, the homecoming dance, he basically took that over, and he nailed that out of the park. And, you know, a lot of the ideas that he has has just really boosted the school in general up because I, I, I will admit I'm not as creative as Skid. And he's just doing a lot better job than I am doing it. So yeah, it's definitely a team. It's it's a teamwork. Exactly. You have to work as a team to be successful. So, uh, what does the uh, what does the future hold for you after college? Or do you have any plans right now, or are you solely focused on college? Uh, well, in college, I just hope just to bring some national championships. But after college, just kind of see what where running goes and. If I just want to pursue being a coach or not, I just so many what ifs right now, you know. Yeah, for sure. And so uh, actually, that brings you up to an interesting point, and that is, with all this COVID stuff going on, uh, college track, college track before it was kind of hard to watch the races unless you were actually there, but since uh, COVID happened, they actually film the races and post them online a lot more. I learned that watching my sister as she runs at Hayes. So I've kind of got to experience that. So next year when uh, uh, Michael's at St. Mary's, will Luke still be there? Yeah. If you ever want to watch him run, it's not real difficult. If you just either follow the St. Mary's, I'm sure they have a Facebook page or something, or uh, just Google St. Mary's track and field, you'll probably be able to watch Michael and Luke and all those guys run anytime you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you guys have any more questions for Michael? Okay. Well, I think we can call that interview a wrap. Thanks for coming, Michael. Thanks for coming, Mike. Thank you guys for having me on today.
and welcome to the first regular segment of our podcast named Aaron's Antics after the one and only Aaron Skidmore. I'm going to hand it off to you. What is up, guys? I'm just blessed to be here today on Aaron's Antics. It's my first show on the podcast. And and to start out, I, I haven't really gave these guys much of a structure, but I'm going to start out by talking to Taylor. You know, he does all this interviewing out here, but no one ever asks him any questions. So so I'm going to start out by just questioning Taylor a little bit. And we can't we can't forget about Ethan Salmons over here. We're going to get we're going to ask him some questions, too, because I feel like you guys need to get to know these guys, too. So Taylor, starting off, everybody knows you're a pretty smart guy, pretty successful. Tell me a little bit about um, how you got into aerospace and planes and, you know, getting your pilot pilot license and all that. Okay. Well, I uh, I got into uh, aerospace. Um, the what, Well, my family's always been into aviation. Uh, my We've attended Oshkosh multiple times. My dad has had, had, has had his pilot's license um, uh, before I was born. Um, and so I kind of grew up in an aviation family. And then 2017, uh, my family and I went to the Reno Air Races where my, my dad had his plane raced. And that kind of... Uh, it was an environment in which I really enjoyed, and I really enjoyed the people in that industry. And so it was during that time period that I decided, you know what, I, I want to go into aerospace. And then uh, um, uh, specifically, Elon Musk's company, SpaceX, started becoming really successful. Um, and I, I started reading about them and studying them, and that's when I decided I wanted to go into the rocketry aspect, um, the astronautical aspect of aerospace engineering. Um, and... Yeah, and, and that's then what led uh, me to get my pilot's license and uh, get involved in that world. Nice, nice. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if I would uh, trust myself in an airplane with you, but, <laughs> but it's all right, you know. <laughs> I mean, I might I might be sweating you, a little bit. You saw quite a few landings yeah, out in the fields I've, in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, Kane actually... He has this uh, obsession with like jumping out of airplanes. He wants to, he wants to like start parachuting out of airplanes. What, what's the exact name of it? Skydiving. He wants to sky start diving. skydiving. Yeah, and uh, so I think what needs to happen is we need to have like us drive the plane, and let Kane jump out of it. I yeah no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, if you guys uh, in the local area, if you ever see a plane slowly going straight down, you probably know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, we can't forget about Ethan Salmons either. So, oh, Ethan, of course not. Uh, let's uh, let the audience know kind of about what you're doing for college, because we, as we know, you're also going to Fort Hayes for track, and and so how you got into track, and what your degree is, and how you got into that. Uh, so, track is kind of one of those things that has just been a family thing, as most of you probably know. My sister is very good at track. Uh, she also runs at Fort Hayes State University. And so I've kind of had an up-close look at, like, what the Fort Hayes State uh, team is like. And so I th I, I've got to see firsthand that it looks like something that I'd want to be a part of. So that's kind of what brought me to Fort Hayes State track. And then also I, I am I'm planning on majoring in biochemistry because I want to enter the med field. And so I think that's the uh, major uh, and degree that will – best help me get to my final point of hopefully medical school. So, uh, and Fort Hayes State just also happened to have uh, 
biochemistry program that I thought would be good that I talked to some few, a few people about and they said they also thought it'd be good so I I thought might as well go for it. Yeah. Would you would you like to uh tell us some of your times for like specific events? Well, uh I believe my best time for the 110 hurdles, which is kind of my best event is like 1542. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, was, I, was a, I was a sophomore when I ran that. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We can't hey. forget. Let, I'm, let I'm, me. Let I'm me. Point three, I'm point three seconds off the school record, and so that's kind of my goal going into this next track season. By the way, guys, I have the soundboard right next to me, so I have all the sounds programmed into it. So. That's why that sound came on when Salmon's announced his time. Yeah, pretty, pretty cheesy, to be honest. With you. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm a little concerned about Salmon's this year, though. I think that off season he got a little chunkier. If you guys haven't seen Ethan Salmon's yeah. lately, definitely put on some pounds. So I don't know how fast he'll be this year. Am I being body shamed? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, I know he's not going to Fort Hayes for golf because I've seen him on the golf course. Oh a few man, times. I have all flat golf. And Taylor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. the the rough is his favorite. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. Um, let's, you know, I didn't get to come on last week because, and that was the original plan, but power outages and, and yeah. stuff, you know. Aaron was a little bit too cold and he, wanted, yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to. Those frigid temperatures <laughs> had me all frozen up. But uh, anyway. I just want to discuss with you guys a little bit about uh, being a senior in this 2021-2020 year, you know, starting last year into this year. Um, What have you guys have felt have been the best part of it? And also what has been the worst part of being a senior during the times we're in right now? I'll let you go first, Owens. So I would definitely say that going into your senior year, you know, a lot of people tell you it goes by really fast, which it does. And everybody says kind of enjoy it while it lasts because it's kind of your last year with all the people you grew up with, all your friends. And so going into the year, I kind of really made a point that I was going to really enjoy this year. You know, we had COVID and everything like that, but I've just kind of been doing my best personally to not really let COVID uh, affect how uh, I enjoy my senior year. You know, obviously things change because of COVID, you know, uh, not having all the fans we'd normally have at a basketball game and stuff like that, which, you know, it definitely, it changes the atmosphere and it changes, like, maybe the, uh, I guess, the excitement around the games and around being a senior. But at the same time, if you're just out there having fun with your friends and just you don't really focus on that stuff and don't make that, like, a main care for you, I think it's just as easy to have fun and enjoy your senior year. Yeah, and then for me, I would say uh, probably the best part is um, – just the excitement that builds up in preparation for you comp- starting something completely new, which is college. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, cause it's a completely new adventure. So I'd probably say that's one of the, one of the best parts. Um, but obviously one of the worst parts is having to leave, you know, all your friends at school, unless you're going to the same college. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and the fact that, you know, it's, um, you're, you're, moving from an entirely different stage of life where uh, you may be uh, pretty dependent on your parents to being really independent. Um, so that, that's, that's uh, you know, something that I think worries almost every senior at some point in their, in their year. Um, but, yeah. 
Yeah, I have just a couple more points to cross here before we're we're done with the first ever episode here. But um, Taylor, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come at you first, <clears throat> and this is gonna be on a little more uh, personal level. Um, I think one thing you've maybe enjoyed from COVID is the excuse not to to see the sun <laughs> during the weekends. <laughs> We cannot get Taylor out of his house. So if anybody from this podcast wants to call him out next time you see him, uh, go ahead and mention him. And, and I guess we can, I'm sure Taylor has something to say on, yeah. on his side of the argument. Yeah. Okay. I will, I will let it known. I, I, do not, I do not hang out enough with the boys. I need to. Um, uh, I, <laughs> I just uh, – um, it's uh, it's it's one of those things that's you know it's been it's been on my to do list to to do that for quite some time consistently, mm-hmm. um, somehow it just never works I, out. Yeah, it just it never works out. You know why the problem is, uh, Squid? <laughs> I think I honestly think he is fearful that we are going to bring his inte- level of intelligence down or or ruin his like uh you know like rocket degree you know yeah, <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know exactly what aerospace degree aerospace whatever engineering yeah just building those rockets but I I will be the first to say I'm going to Mars if he builds a rocket for me to go oh, God <laughs> yeah yeah would you guys go on a Mars trip no I would not go legitimately to Mars. you wouldn't would I would you not go to Mars. if if you could put the trust. Uh, if I could, I'm I'm putting my trust in you. That's would, what I should say. Would you leave everything on Earth to go to Mars if you were asked to be be mm. one of the few first crews? You know, my parents have been pretty mean to me lately. I probably probably leave them behind, head up with you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no I, yeah, I I I mean, if if the science comes out and and as you believe, you're a big guy in Mars and all that, you know. Yeah. And if you can, if if someday Taylor we're 35 years old and you can prove to me that I can get to Mars and back safely, I'm willing. Okay, to. so yeah, you want to come? You oh, have I, to, I want to come back. Oh, okay. I don't want to yeah, stay yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not. I am. I am happy where I'm at on Earth. Earth is perfectly good to me. Yeah. I have everything I need here. Yeah. Okay. As for as for my side of things, obviously I want to go to Mars at some point. Earth is pretty great, uh, but you know, come retirement age, I may want to go to Mars. You know, try something new. <laughs> Zero, you know, less less gravity is less hard on your back. So, um, you know, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for Ethan, on the other hand, here, uh, a question for you is lately. You know, uh, I know everybody could go out, me too, but uh, the free throw line in basketball has been a struggle for our team <laughs> and a struggle for all of us. I mean, I I've, I've been called Shaq lately, but yeah, you even Ethan, wore a Shaq jersey the other I day. I did. Yes. <laughs> and, We've all been struggling. Ethan, what do you, you have to say about that? Well, see, uh, on the season, I'm shooting 44% from the three-point line, which Taylor, is pretty well, good. T- time out, Taylor. I think that deserves one year. Yeah, that's... Hey, 44% three-point is good. 44% field goal, not bad. But 44% free throw line, <laughs> that deserves the sad trombone. Yep. Yes, 44% from the three-point... Three Free throw line, not my <clears throat> proudest moment. But you know what? We've been working on it a lot in practice, oh, yeah. and I'm just dedicated to making it when it matters. We got the games that really matter, sub-state, hopefully state. I'm going to be positive that my free throw game is on for those games. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back to check on that one. And, All right. And my free throws, I think I'm about tied with you at somewhere around there, 40% range. And Miss Batman, actually, you know, she's not here today. She was – 
I guess, scared of me or something. So yeah. She had a she had a fake call in sick or or something like that. I, yep. Her maybe her head was hurting. I don't know, but I think it was more the fact that she was scared of what I was going to ask her. But she said she was going to come at me about my free throws today. But uh, apparently, my intimidator badge. Uh, led her to fake sick at around lunchtime today and go yeah, home. last last minute yeah last minute <laughs> ditched us and and that's sad because i had a couple of questions for her that you know yeah. and i fact that people need to get to know but her see too. the thing about miss badman is when it comes to basketball you really can't come at her because last night she was telling me she was like an 80 percent free throw shooter or something mm-hmm. like that and she also said she won a state basketball championship yeah which is pretty crazy to me yeah especially that she was she graduated from sublette like I, I didn't know people from Sublette won state championships. <laughs> <laughs> they have they've had a few good teams around there, but uh, yeah. But I don't know about her being good at basketball. I mean, I mean, uh, Mr. Applegate says he's good at basketball, and uh, <laughs> I have never seen him make a layup in my past four years in high school. So, so you know, those older people can. Uh, they're I, of, I guess I shouldn't call her old. But, they're they're out of their prime. But maybe I should because she she left. She ditched us at the podcast today. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're, I, they could lie about their high school career a lot. They could. Yeah. So I, I, I need her to bring the stats to the next podcast. Yeah, we yeah. will have her do that. Yep. And she'll be on the next podcast. Did, did, uh, unless she fakes unless sick. Unless she fakes sick again. Did they have stats back then? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Know. Yeah, my dad my dad had all of his stats. He thought he was so good. But, um, definitely good. the better. Skip more out of the out of all of them. I think I'm the best. I think I – think, I think, Ninety-nine percent of people in Montezuma would say Michaela is the best. Oh, uh, absolutely, me. Okay, <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you say. And just like I, I, are you the best salmons? In, no, I, I guess I should say, are you the best salmons in the small league? Currently, oh yes. There's oh, no, there's no, other, there's no other salmons in the small league currently. Yeah. As oh, Isaac, I Isaac, guess. Isaac is no Isaac's longer in not, school. Yeah, so I'm, is there? Oh, so there isn't any more salmons in the small league right now, except Connor Salmons. Connor oh, Salmons. Dang. That's Con- a close hey, one. Hey, and I, 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 I honestly hope Connor passes me. If Connor becomes the better Salmons, I would be very proud of him. Yep. So that's the goal. Oh, yeah, exactly. Trying, to, I'm trying to think of ways we can reverse this on Skidmore. Yeah. I didn't think about that before the yeah, podcast. You, you, by next week, I want you to have something for me. I'm going to have more for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I hope some people ask you about, uh, you know, if you saw the sun this weekend. It's supposed to be nice the <laughs> yeah. next couple of days. Maybe you should get out. And so kind of on the podcast, like right now, a lot of people give us a hard time about Taylor says, cool, cool, maybe a little yeah. bit much. Absolutely. By, by the way, I'm, I haven't said cool except this time within the last two podcasts. So I've never said that word. And I said absolutely maybe three or four times. Yep. So, and that's, by the way, the first, uh, like two episodes, not how I talk. I said, cool, cool. So many times. And that is not how I talk. It was like a nervous tendency. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so like, personally, I say, well, I have something very interesting from that. Or I start every question the exact same. Yeah. So I think, I think one thing we should work on, on this podcast, and especially for me, speaking clearly and uh, and especially starting you. my questions differently, uh, that's something we're gonna work on. Yep. So you, the audience, you guys can definitely hold us in check for that. Yep, I've I've I personally kind of came at these guys. I I told them their podcast is cheesy and a little too structured. I, <laughs> I'm here. I love their podcast. I think it's great. I think the what they're doing is great, and I hope all of you do too. I think they do a great job. So. 
but I'm here to loosen up things a little bit. Yeah. And, and yeah, Aaron doesn't, just so you know what this segment really is, Aaron doesn't tell us at all what he's talking about. Um, it's the most, un, uh, the rest of the podcast isn't scripted, but it like is the most unstructured portion of the podcast. Definitely. We have no idea what he's going to say until we turn on the mics. So, yep. But other than that, man, that's – I mean, I, I feel like that's a wrap for this week. I, yeah, can't, a, I can't waste all my stuff this week. That's so. a good yeah. episode right there. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us on the first episode of Aaron's Antics. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode five of Rebel Ed Podcast. Just a little bit of uh, upcoming events for this next week. Uh, first off, we will be playing. The girls will be playing Buckland in the Substate semifinals on March fourth. That game will be played in Kiowa County, and I'm pretty sure there's tickets for that you can somehow get. So if you're trying to get a ticket, maybe just call the school and see if it is possible for you to get a ticket to that game. And then the boys will be playing on Friday, and the boys will be playing also at Kiowa County, and they will be playing the winner of Satana and Buckland, which is being played tonight. So uh, if you get the opportunity, come out and support the teams as uh, it looks like both boys and girls will hopefully be fighting for a chance to make it a state this, up, this next week. Uh, yeah, and then um, Mrs. Batman wanted to announce the uh, Rebel Games. I don't know almost anything about it, um, but she just wanted to, t- uh, to announce that that will be happening next week. And then there's also the first track and golf practice on Monday. Um, uh, so yeah, that'll be the start of two new seasons. And lastly, um, there's a virtual, virtual synchronous, which means live forensics meet over zoom hosted by liberal this coming Saturday. Um, and, uh, uh, since it's virtual, no, uh, nobody can just join the zoom call. Um, I just wanted to, uh, uh, put that out there about forensics, but, uh, yeah, I think we can call this podcast a wrap. Thanks for listening. It's a great day to be a rebel.